Thanks, Mindy. Hey, guys, thank y'all for being here today. My name's Clayton. I didn't introduce myself earlier. I'm the pastor here at Central, and I'm so glad you are with us um, this, this morning. We are finishing up a series we call Squeaky Clean, so if you want to follow along, man, just uh, use your phone and scan the QR code right there that's on the screen. So you're thinking about this Israel trip. I'm pumped. I'm excited about this trip, but knowing that uh, we're going to have to fly over there, I was thinking about the times that we fly and the stuff that we bring with us. We're always bringing stuff with us when we fly. Here's some stats for you. Did you know that last year, U.S. air carriers um, made $5 billion on baggage charges alone? In 2019, 2.8 million pieces of luggage were lost. Okay, anybody is part of that statistic in this room? Okay, so 2.8 million pieces of luggage in the United States alone um, were lost. And, you, and if you're figuring out, trying to figure out which, which airline carrier to use, American Airlines loses the most luggage, just saying, okay? So there's a 0.5% chance that your luggage will be lost by American Airlines. And sometimes the stuff that we have or we take with us gets pretty messed up. A few years ago, a woman was called into the, the cockpit and the pilot said, look out the window, ma'am. I'm sorry to tell you, but see that smoldering piece of plastic? That is your luggage that's on fire because it got too close to the engine, I'm not sure how, and it caught on fire. It was a bad day um, for that lady. And a few years ago at the London airport, they quickly realized that uh, about 240 pieces of luggage were completely destroyed because a raw sewage pipe broke under the airport and human waste went all over everybody's luggage. That's a pretty bad day. Also, a couple years ago, a fashion heir, Giorgio Gucci, he made the, the mistake of flying commercial. Now, the guy you know, that rich probably shouldn't fly commercial, but he did, and U.S. Airways lost $50,000 worth of his Gucci luggage, okay? I don't know if they really lost it. I mean, somebody might have some new luggage, you know what I'm saying, uh, back at home. Uh, but then also, uh, one more example, back, in, back at the Phoenix airport a couple years ago, they caught this guy, and for about a year, he had been a local guy. He'd been going into the airport, and as stuff was coming off the conveyor belt, he would take it and just go home with it, okay? And he uh, racked up hundreds of thousands of dollars um, worth of, um, of goods stolen. I don't know about you guys, but when I fly, that's why I love my carry-on. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many of you guys are just carry-on only people? You try to be, okay? Why do we want to only bring our carry-ons with us? It's because we, we love to be in control of our stuff, like of our things. And we, we, we want to have the most essential things um, with us when we, when we travel. And so when I see people in the airport, I love to, how many of y'all are people watchers in the airport? Just sit down and watch people, you know what I'm saying? So you're looking at people, I like, wonder where that person's from, or that person's having a really bad day, or whatever. And so you're looking at these people, and, and I love the overcomers in the, uh, in the airport. And those are the people that, that are walking around with the overcomer walk. You know what I'm saying? It's where you're like, like this or like this, you know, and they're, they're walking because they have so much stuff. They try to, you know, take everything they can with them in the, the carry-on. And so they have this overcomer walk where their, their spine is all jacked up and they're walking around and, or they're trying to, trying to get, catch a flight. And you know those people that are running across the airport and you're just laughing at them, you know, because you're never going to make it, you know. And so one day that's going to be you and you're going to want to apologize to everybody. But, but man, you know, you see those people that are, that are just struggling because they're carrying so much around with them. And so that's why you got to get luggage that has like some good wheels. You know, this is, this is actually my son's suitcase. He got, I think he got this for Christmas a couple years ago. And so when we go on vacation, he's rolling this around. This one's awesome. It's got like four wheels, and so you can just move around. Or some are like, just have the back wheel, and you carry it. But you know, there's, there's, some, scoot, there's some out there that are like scooters, and you, you sit on it like this, 
and it's got, it's got like little wheels and it's motorized and you can just ride around the airport. Now that is awesome. You know, if you want a Christmas present, I would highly encourage you to, to get um, this, that, that for Christmas. But what does the Bible have to say about the stuff we carry with us? Well, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Here's what the Bible says. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now this passage, it, it comes after Hebrews chapter 11, obviously. Well, Hebrews chapter 11 is talking about the hall of faith, all these Old Testament guys who, who followed after the Lord. We talked about Abraham several weeks ago and he was one of those guys and you look at his life and you go, man, he's a witness to how the Christian life, the life lived for God, that's how it should be, having the faith that he has. And so the Bible's saying it here is that you look at the Bible, you can look at all these guys, all these men, all these women who followed after God, and you should live your life like that. And all, not only that, but we have people around us, whether it's a parent or grandparent or whoever, who lived a, or is living a great godly life, and you say, you know what, I want to be like that person. And the Bible's saying, hey, you have this, this witness. You have these people. And so here's how you should live your life. Lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What the Bible is saying is that the Christian life is a life of movement. That we should be on mission for God. That it should be not a sedentary life but a life of action and going to where God has called us to go. And reaching the people that God has called us to reach and do the things that he has created you to do. But we all carry baggage with us, don't we? In the Christian life, we all have baggage, whether that's sin or that's issues of our past or it's emotional or physical or spiritual problems. We all have all sorts of baggage that we carry with us. But you know how it is when you go to the airport and you're, you're carrying that, that carry-on. you got to eventually go through security, you know? And you get in that line and you're going through security and you, you pretty much disrobe yourself and walk through, you know, and, and you, get, you get up there and you put your, your bag on that, on that conveyor belt and it's going to go through and you're just praying and say, Lord, please, you know, don't let them pull it aside. Every time I go through, it doesn't matter if I'm by myself or with my wife or, or you know, with a group of people, it seems like my bag always gets, like, taken aside. And you know how it is, like, the, the, the TSA guy comes up to you or he looks and says, whose bag is this? And you're like, it's mine. You know, it's mine. And I think that's a great example to life that, you know, there comes times where we have, to, we have to say, you know what, this is my bag. This is my stuff. And I was thinking about how in the world as, as Christians, as people who are maybe striving for God, or maybe we're not Christians, but we want to follow after God, how do we deal with the, the baggage in our lives? And the very first thing we have to do is you gotta, we gotta claim our bags, don't we? We gotta claim our bags and say, you know what? It's mine, it's mine, it's my bag. You can't, you say it's someone else's, you got to claim your bag, and so you, you got you to put a tag on it. You know, we, we put those tags and say, you know, Clayton's bag or whatever, I got my phone number and, and my, my email address or whatever, because I want people to know this is my bag. And as we go through life, we got to claim our bags. We got to get, get to the point where we raise our hand and say, you know, this, this is mine. This is my stuff. I can't hide it anymore. I don't want to hide it. This is mine. The Bible talks about that. Here's what it says. Psalm 32 says, when I kept silent, my bones, they wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. What the Bible is saying here is that when we don't own it, 
When we're silent about the things in our life, about, about the, the baggage that we carry, when we're silent about those things, when we hide those things, man, it's really gonna affect us. Eventually, it's gonna affect us. The Bible says that day and night, it was heavy upon me, and my strength was dried up. I think it's a healthy spiritual exercise is that regularly, you claim your bags. You say, you know what, it's mine. I got issues, I got problems, I got junk in my life, it's mine. So I want everybody to just raise your hand for a second. Everybody. All right, thanks. You can put your hand down. Here's what you did. You just answered the question I'm about to ask, okay? <laughs> How many of you have baggage? We all do, right? We all have baggage. So how do we deal with it? How do we deal with it? Well, first, we claim it. And second, we got to take an inventory of what's actually in our bags. And all of us carry different things, but a lot of us carry some of the stuff that I'm about to, to show you. One of the big bags, one of the big things in our bags that we always carry with us, the trophy, okay? It's a trophy. A lot of us, I almost broke this trophy, okay. Um, a lot, this is a second place. I didn't even realize that. Who wants a second place trophy? I don't, I don't know whose that is. That's not mine, okay? Um, but, you know, we, we carry things with us, okay? We carry, we carry junk with us. And one of the things we carry are trophies. And what I mean by trophies are unrealized or un fulfilled expectations, a fairy tale forecast. A trophy is, is a, of our thinking about what our life should be like. It's a fairy tale of, of we think about the future and we look at our lives and we're like, man, I want to be this and I should have done this and I haven't. And so we look at this and, and it's not a, a great thing you want people to see, but it's a weight that we carry. When we were little, we had we had moms and dads, and people say, man, you are the most awesome person that's ever lived, right? And everybody's a winner. Everybody gets a second-place trophy, I guess, right? <laughs> everybody's a winner. And you can be anything that you want to be, you know? And then what happens in life is that those things don't happen, you know? Sin enters the picture. Mistakes enter in the picture. Life throws us curveballs. And all of a sudden, who we wanted to be it's not reality. It's a weight. It's a heavy weight. And who we were hoping to be is not who we are. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. What it's saying is that when what you were hoping for doesn't happen, it's, it can make you sick. It can make you feel bad. I want you to think about when you're little and what you wanted, wanted to become. And the question is, are you, are you that? I mean, I look at my life, I'm like, I'm not who I wanted to be. I, you know, I haven't done all the right things that I wanted to do. I, I'm not, I haven't fulfilled all these goals that I had set out in my life. And it can be difficult and it can, it can even crush us. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, that a joyful heart is good medicine, but get this, a crushed spirit dries up the bones. When he's talking about bones here, he's talking about your, the whole weight of your body, your whole strength. And the Bible says that a crushed spirit, when you did not turn out how your parents wanted you to turn out, it can crush you. It can crush you. You know what? We don't just have trophies in there. Sometimes we have our binkies, right? Our babas or whatever you would call it. You know what I'm saying? We have these, we have these baby blankets, and we, we carry these baby blankets around with us all the time. It's, what I mean by this is things we can't let go of. Things we can't let go of. And the reality is this baby blanket and your baby blanket, whatever that is, metaphorically for you, 
it's, it's full of uh, throw up and other bodily fluids that, and junk and nasty stuff that are, that are on this. It's, it's, it's not cute and cuddly. It's actually pretty gross and pretty nasty. What I'm saying is, is we carry around unrepented sin all the time. Things we can't let go of. We try, we ask God to forgive us, and he does. We, we confess these things to God, and he, he loves that, but we have not repented of those things. We have not turned from those things. We haven't taken that thing out of our luggage and thrown it in the garbage. Instead, we carry it with us everywhere. We always have it with us. Acts 3.19 says that we are supposed to not feel sorry for our sin. It says we are supposed to repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Repenting means to turn or to pivot or to say, you know what, I'm going to do something different and that you actually go and do that. And the reality is this blanket may not actually physically be very, very weighty, but in the, the baggage of our lives, this may be the heaviest thing that we carry. So what about you in your life? What unrepented sin are you still carrying around with you? Not only do we carry this blanket, but we also carry a nice shiny mirror, mirror with us. And we use this mirror to, to see ourselves. We use this mirror to, to look upon um, our face and the, the person we, we are and the person we've become and we have this false view of ourselves. It's this false reflection. And sometimes we look at ourselves and it's too negative. Our view of ourselves is too negative. We look at ourselves and we say, you know what? Man, I'm a screw up. I messed up. My sin is too dirty. My past is, is uh, too difficult. It's, it's created this terrible perception of who I am. And you look at yourself and you hate yourself. You hate yourself for who you've come, become and what, you, what you've done or what's been done to you. And you think too negatively of yourself. And it's keeping you from doing what God has called you to do. And sometimes you look at this mirror and it's too positive. And you're like, man, I am God's gift to whatever, you know? You look at yourself and like, I, oh man, look at this bald head. It looks great. Okay, let me fix my glasses. Okay, so you know, you look at yourself and you're like, man, you just, you're just looking way too highly at your, yourself. But the Bible says that it should be different. You know, the, the number one kind of picture in the world is a selfie. And it's that way for a reason because some of us, we want everybody to see all this positive stuff of ourselves. And so we take all these pictures and want everybody to, to look at us and, and we, we think really highly of ourselves. And we, you know, it is when, when you take a group shot and you want to check to see if it's a good picture or not, who do you look at first? Yourself, don't you? Look at yourself. And everybody else could be perfect. You're like, oh no, I don't like my smile. Let's redo the whole thing, you know? And so you, you can never get a good group shot. It's all about ourselves, and we think too highly of ourselves sometimes, and sometimes we, we take, our sel- our, take a selfie, and then we, we run through so many filters to try to cover up all the negative things that we think about ourselves, when in reality, we need to look at ourselves a little bit differently. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, that for by, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What the Bible is saying here is we need to have the right perspective of how we see ourselves. Not looking through a mirror. Not looking too highly of ourselves. Not thinking too negatively of ourselves. We need to look at ourselves the way that God sees us. But you know what? We don't, we don't just carry this around with, with us. We carry some stuff that really kind of we, try to, we use to try to hide what's really going on. Sometimes we carry this a bandage around or like a, like a first aid kit. 
We got this, these things and we, we carry these things around with us and we, we use them to cover up wounds, you know? And we cover up these wounds. Maybe it's a, it's, it's a, it's a messed up past or something that you've done or it's a wound that was, was uh, given to you by a family member and you've been hurt by your parents. You've been hurt by a spouse. You've been hurt by a friend. You've been hurt by the world. Or maybe you've done these things to yourself and they're self-inflicted wounds and they're not healing they're oozing and they're festering, and you're just covering them up. You're just covering them up. And we you know what we say? We smile. You know, people, especially at church, when we walk around, people ask, how are you doing today? What do we say? I'm fine. I'm great. You know, too blessed to be stressed or whatever dumb thing we say, right? <laughs> I mean, those things are on the list of dumb things that Christians say, okay? That we're about to get a new series about. But we say these things and we look at our lives and we look at these wounds and actually we de degrade them and say they're not that big of a deal. We pretend it's not an issue in our lives. Jeremiah 6, 14 says this, says that they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. They say, peace, peace. They say when there is no peace. What we're saying is, what the Bible's saying is that sometimes we fake it. Sometimes we fake it. There are these deep wounds in our lives. Sometimes they're self-inflicting. Sometimes they happen to us, and we're not dealing with them. And we say, everything's fine. Everything's good, and we carry this around with us day in, day in and day out. So the question is, how do we get rid of these things? How do we get rid of these burdens? Well, the simple truth of the matter is those are spiritual problems. And spiritual problems need spiritual solutions, don't they? Sometimes we can try to take the, the world's recipe for dealing with our stuff with self-help or working harder or trying to deal with it on our own. But the Bible says that spiritual problems need spiritual solutions. And when we do get rid of those things, there's something I just realized that, that we've created in this, this, this luggage a pretty big void, haven't we? We've created this pretty big void. And, and if you want to get rid of those things... You gotta fight for them. You gotta fight to get rid of those things. But you gotta understand that you're gonna create a void in your baggage. We all carry luggage around with us wherever we go, spiritual luggage. The question is, what do you have in it? Because if you just leave that void, what's gonna happen eventually is you're gonna fill it with something else. That void is always gonna be kind of weird. It's like when you're packing luggage and you've got that one missing spot, you know, that just doesn't fit right, what do you do? Grab a pillow or grab something that's lightweight. I want to I stuff it in here so that everything fits right. And if you take out something that, that's been holding you back, some heavy weight in your life, and you put it aside and you do everything that you, you feel like you need to do, if you don't fill it with something good, it's eventually going to fill it with something else. So what should we put in our luggage? Here's some things. What we should do, we should take that trophy Throw it in the garbage, and we should, we should replace it with keys. Take these keys as representation of our future, of our life, and hand it over to God. Say, God, you're in control. God, you can have it. I'm tired of, of trying to live my life um, a certain way uh, and being, being drugged down by my, by my future that didn't, didn't pan out the way it was supposed to, and that weight that's holding me back, and say, God, you're in control. And yes, my life has not turned out the way that I wanted it to, but you know what? You're still in control and you're still good and you got a purpose and you got a plan. Here's what the Bible says, Jeremiah 17, 7. 
We need to replace our, ex- our expectations with trusting in God. And the Bible says this, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. The Bible says whose, whose trust is the Lord. That's a great saying right there. Now, if you remember the, the previous thing, we were talking about the, the trophies. We talked about this hope that we had um, and how it, it's like living in a desert and you're just, just struggle and it just saps the energy out of you when this hope that you had doesn't uh, come to, to life and you have this crushed spirit. Well, the Bible, here's what the Bible says when you trust in the Lord in verse 8. The one who trusts in the Lord, he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. We gotta take that trophy, throw it away and say, God, you're in control, I trust you. I don't know why things have turned out the way they've turned out, but I'm putting this in my luggage. You, what, you know what, God, you always have the keys. You always have the keys in my life. Here's another thing we need to do. Take that old nasty binky blanket. We need to pray, replace it with fruit. This tastes a lot better than a nasty blanket, okay? We need to replace that old blanket with spiritual fruit. We need to replace our sin with spiritual fruit. Because if we don't replace whatever that sin is with spiritual fruit, some other sin is going to take its place eventually. Galatians 5, 22 to 24 are my favorite verses in all the Bible. The Bible says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, that is the fruit of the Spirit. It says, against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, get this, those who belong to Christ Jesus, they have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So the Bible saying is, when you take those, those nasty, dirty things and you kill them, you got to replace it with something good. you got to replace it with something good. So how do you do that? Well, you get in the Word. Begin to study God's word, begin to meditate on it, begin to hide it in your heart. You begin to actually do the things that the Bible is calling you to do. And man, here's what happens. When you do that, when you get some accountability in your life, all of a sudden you begin to produce spiritual fruit and it tastes great. And you want to carry it everywhere you go. Another thing we need to do is you got to take that mirror, throw it into, let it shatter into a million pieces. We need to take out a window. We need to begin to see life as if we were looking through a window. You begin to start looking at yourself, not as, not as a reflection, whether you're, it's too negative or too positive. You need to start looking at your life the way that God sees you. You begin to look through that, that window and look at God and replace your false view of self with humility. Because here's what happens. Sometimes we're too negative on ourselves. What we need to do is we need to look in that mirror and, and see just how much God loves us. We need to see God in, through that mirror. We need to look at God's word through that, through, sorry, through that window, and we need to see that God loves you. If you're too negative on yourself, man, God loves you. You know what? If you're too positive about yourself, you need to look and see that you are not God. You're not God. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Let him make you who he, created, who he created you to be. Don't think too negative of yourself. Don't think too positive of yourself. Have humility and see yourself the way that God sees you. And the final thing that we need to do, we need to throw this old first aid kit and this old bandage away. And we need to take out 
or put in our bags some surgeon's gloves, you know? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when you hurt yourself really bad, a Band-Aid isn't going to fix it. Sometimes when you've got a, a busted up knee or a broken leg, messed up shoulder, a gash that's just too deep, a wound that is just too much for you, what do you need? You need a surgeon, don't you? You gotta go to the doctor. You gotta go 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 into surgery and get that anesthesia. Anybody ever been on anesthesia? It's crazy, man. I remember the, the doctor said, "Okay, I want you to count back from a hundred. And so I go one hundred, and the next thing I knew, I woke up and the surgery was over. It was crazy, okay? I mean, just just that quick. But it's 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 amazing what what a surgeon can do. He was skilled at his job. I'm telling you what, Jesus is skilled at healing you. He can take that broken thing in your life and he can fix it. He doesn't just wrap it up with some gauze, he fixes it, he heals it, and he sutures, sutures you up. And will there be scars? Yeah, there'll be scars, but that's okay. Scars are there for a purpose because we need to replace our wounds with real healing. We need to replace our wounds with real healing. Psalm 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. It's not that he just covers them up, doesn't just put some neosporin on it or whatever, no, he, he heals it completely like a surgeon does. He heals it. Here's the point. If you want to live free, if you want to live free, then you gotta travel light, guys. We got to get to the point where we take all of this junk and we throw it away. And we begin to live with the things that God has called us to live with. You know, Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, you know what? Your past, your sins, your issues, the things you never measured up to, the wounds in your life. You gotta take those things, throw them away. Put them at the cross. Let him handle it. You put on Christ. Let his grace cover over you. That's what this series is all about. The real realization that you can never fix yourself. Only God can fix you. Only God can cleanse you. So let's give it to God. Man, what would life be like if we were able to to live without all the junk and all the baggage. We would be different people. So maybe today is the day that you need to give some of those things over to God. Let's pray. Father, this, this, is, this is tough sometimes because I know that every single person in this room, even myself, as, as I'm talking about it, as we're going through this, we realize the junk we carry. We realize the, the wounds that we have. We've been trying to cover it up we haven't dealt with them. We haven't let you heal us. We realize that we've maybe thought too highly of ourselves. We're, we have some pride issues we need to deal with. Maybe for some of us, we are so hard on ourselves to the point where we hate ourselves. And we need to see you and see the way that you love us, how you created a special we can't let that burden and that weight hold us back any longer. Some of us did not turn out the way that we planned. But God, you're in control. Some of us have some serious sin that we just can't let go. And I just wonder what we would be able to do in your kingdom those things were gone. Help us, God, to repent. Help us to throw those things away.
Help us not to carry those things anymore, but lay them at your feet, God, and take your yoke upon us that is so light and freeing. It's all about freedom. Help us to fill our, our luggage with spiritual things that can bring us life. Help us to do that right now, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand with me for just a second? We're going to close our service a little bit differently, man. I just want to, to maybe have a, have a moment where if you need to deal with God, let's do that right now. Let's deal with the Lord where you're, where you're sitting, where you're standing. If you want to come down to the altar down here and just get on your knees and say, God, I need to repent of some things. I need to ask you to take some things. I need to change some things about the, 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 the luggage and the junk and the baggage that I'm carrying around with me. Maybe we need to deal with the Lord today. Maybe today is the day that God wants to change you wants to clean you. You want to talk to one of our staff. We can go, you can go right over there in our connection room. We'd love to talk with you more about how God can do that. But let's deal with the Lord right now as we sing. I've carried a burden for too long on my own And I wasn't created to bear it alone I hear your invitation to let it all go and I see it now I'm laying it down and I know that I need you I run to the Father I fall into grace I'm done with for my heart and I don't have a context for that kind of love I don't understand I can't comprehend all I know is I need you so I run to the Father I fall into grace I'm done with the reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So I'll run to the Father Again and again And again and again
again and again and again and again I hope that's what, how we live out this week, right? That we just keep pursuing our God day after day. The invitation is not over this morning. If you wanna to respond to what Christ is doing in your heart, our connection room will be open after we dismiss in just a second. And we'd love to visit with you, love to pray with you, maybe talk to you about becoming a part of our central family. Are you glad that you made it to church this morning, amen? Amen. Well, let's close by saying our purpose statement together. Central Baptist Church, we exist to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. We'll see you next week.